Welcome back, everyone, to the Our Outdoors portion of your weekend. I am your host, Nick Simonson, outdoors writer with my materials online at NewsDakota.com and DakotaEdge.com. Read up all about it there. A lot of great information as we kick it off today. A full moon Saturday, that beautiful full moon, the power of those moon phases hitting on the weekends now, giving you those better chances of seeing deer in motion, those fish will be biting, and, of course, upland game, you can be rousting them with your dog. They're not so dependent on it, so you've got some tools and some tricks of the trade there to get them up. But those other ones, that uh, that moon seems to move. Now is the time, and we're getting into that fall bite for fishing. And, of course, that deer hunting, if you're an archery hunter, that is already underway. But again, today, grouse opener, grouse, Hungarian partridge. You know, so if you got either rough grouse up north uh, in the Pembina Gorge area or up in the Turtle Mountains or those Sharpies, uh, we've got some great numbers and, and some better news, I think, coming out of what we saw this spring where lecking counts were down and we're going to have Jesse Kohler he is the upland game management supervisor with the North Dakota game and fish department filling us in on what we're seeing out there but there's a lot of good opportunities coming up here the calendar has dark squares everywhere for those opening dates but this is the big one this is the one that starts kicking everything off I think for those folks who like to get out there after upland game and there are those opportunities for sharp tailed grouse we are seeing more and more of them on the landscape kind of coming out of that drought season it takes a little bit it's going to take some time but we are going to see a general uptick here as we talk more with jesse later in the show talking about huns as well they're kind of scattered there was a great column by doug lear we'll talk more about that with jesse about how there was a point in time where those numbers just dropped off for huns and that might be due to a lot of factors but so much to talk about so much excitement hopefully you're already partaking in some of that and bringing some of those grouse and partridge home but we'll have jesse up after this break so please stay tuned Welcome back to the show, everyone. We've got the grouse opener coming up this weekend, and the man in the know is Jesse Kohler. He's the Upland Game Management Supervisor for the North Dakota Game and Fish Department who just wrapped up their surveys, and the numbers are all coming together. Jesse, welcome to the show. Well, thank you. Yeah, it's good to have you on as we approach the grouse and partridge opener. And looking at our Upland surveys, what are we seeing and expecting throughout the state overall for Sharpie and Hun populations this fall? Well, shark tails were down this spring during our spring indices, so we, we saw declines. It wasn't a surprise. It kind of forecasted that last year going out of the 2021 drought. And then for a good note for shark tail, the reproduction seemed like it was a lot better. Conditions rebounded this summer, so their later, later period of their nesting seemed like it did a little better, and they were able to kick out some chicks. Partridge remains they're as high as they have been in, in 15 years. So they look really good. I think populations will be good from from Jamestown and further west. Yeah, that's exciting to hear that uh, things kind of bounced back. What are some of the reasons then in your mind this summer for the results that we're seeing? Like I said, we forecasted things would be down this spring, and, and everybody knew that after the drought last year was pretty severe. Um, and so that is what we saw with sharp tail. Um, the adults started lower, so our, our total grouse, Per, per mile on our reproductive surveys reflected that, that they were lower. And then the nesting, we would expect that, yeah, looking at the ground now, everybody thought that we were going to have just a boom crop of, of birds. It came a little late. We, our early nesting probably was clipped off just that it was April blizzards and then the really wet, cool weather that we had in the first part of May um, probably affected them. And then finally that grass shot up and they were able to kick out some chicks. And that's what we saw toward the end of our 
brood surveys. So some tempered optimism there, obviously. When we look at sharp-tailed grouse particularly, let's go region by region, uh, kind of your overall prediction. As we look to the west in the breaks and the badlands in that area, what are you expecting for sharpies? Yeah, the west was the the most impacted last year during the drought, and I think that's to be expected. It's the most arid part of our state, so, so when we do get a drought, it gets more of a severe drought than the eastern part of the state. There aren't any potholes or anything to mitigate some of those dry conditions. If, if I were in the Badlands, it seems like our surveys were poorer in the south and better in the north, so people are going to target the national grasslands to get the really good access that they have out there. I guess I would head north instead of south. How about in the central stretch of the state, say from Minot to Lake Oahe, and then let's go east to Steel and Wing in that area? Yeah, and that area continues to be above their 10 or 15-year averages, so so they're going to see more grouse than they are used to. You know, the southwest and the northwest were always the, the highest concentrations of sharp tail, and they still remain where the most sharp tail are. However, they're the pockets in the east and central part of the state, they're, they're doing well. They, Like I said, they were mitigated a little bit from the drought because they have some standing water that, you know, even on a dry year, it still had moist conditions and, and riparian-looking conditions with green, tall vegetation. So I think that might have protected them from some of the negative impacts of the drought. Yeah, that's right. Any port in a storm. And you referenced that the east can also provide good grouse hunting opportunities. You get north of Valley City or Tower City on up to Lake Ashtabula, that Sibley area, and around Cooperstown. How is the east looking for grouse this year? Good. And I do do have to mention the caveat that we still have two closures for, for sharp tail out there north of Highway 2 in Grand Forks County, there's a, there's a block that's closed to sharp-tailed grouse hunting. And then um, southwest of Fargo, there's a stretch down to the Cheyenne National Grasslands that's closed. And that's to protect what remains of our greater prairie chicken populations. They look really similar, and so we don't, don't want to risk incidental harvest in those areas. Um, but outside of those two areas... The numbers seem like they're they're pretty good for eastern North Dakota. I think there are areas where people can see higher than average number of sharp tail out there. Good to know. A lot of uh, opportunities still exist throughout those different uh, slices of the state. We're talking with Jesse Kohler, Upland Game Management Supervisor for the North Dakota Game and Fish Department. Jesse, uh, what are you expecting for Huns, and is there one particular region where folks are going to see more than in others? This year, the southwest has always had the highest density of, of huns, and they've gotten, gotten to be fewer and fewer as you go east. Um, this year, for the first time, the prairie pothole region, uh, we summarize our data by southwest prairie pothole and then drift prairie and Red River Valley. So the, the prairie pothole region, that second district from the west, this year caught up with the southwest and had just as high of numbers as, as the southwest. So like I said, the entire one-third of the western part of North Dakota has as high a numbers as, as we've had for 15 years for partridge. And then even further east, the, the numbers seem like they were pretty good, and, and they've been climbing for five or six years in a row now. So Recently, I, I want you to weigh in a recent column by Doug Lear. He was referencing longtime upland game biologist and previous uh, department employee, Jerry Koberger, where he said, I guess the one thing that kind of bothers me is that partridge population really dropped. One year, hunters harvested about a quarter million partridge, and then in 1992, they took this big drop and never recovered. Have you or anyone else at Game and Fish ever stopped and looked at that splice in time as to what the reason was for those drops? Was it the wet 90s, or was there a change in crop or habitat? What what gives? 
Yeah. So first of all, he was referencing Harvest. And and when I read that, I I thought, what is going on there? I kind of assumed that that was a lot of hunter pressure. Partridge are are obviously pursued opportunistically, mostly by by pheasant and grouse hunters. So I thought, well, we know that pheasant hunting has declined since 2007. So maybe that's that's part of the decline in harvest. Access has gotten more difficult, so that would definitely have something to do with it. But then we looked into the just some of the survey data. We don't have a lot of surveys for partridge since they're rare on the landscape and, and hard to come across when we design surveys for them. But we do encounter them on our, on our reproduction surveys, on our brood routes, and the, the numbers in the late 80s and early 90s were up to 35 partridges there for every 100 miles driven. You know, right now we're sitting at really good numbers, we're saying, and we're at about 12 for every 100 miles. So less than half of what we were back then. I think Jerry said it best that nobody really knows what's going on, but but we do know that dry conditions, fallow fields, which, which have gone away, and, and some of those combination of, of things just certain alignment of the stars that happened in the late 80s, I think, really benefited um, partridge. And new new CRP plantings as well. I think those CRP plantings can be good for pheasants for, you know, years three to six. But I think for partridge, they're really good in the year one to five. So, so when a CRP planting just goes in and it looks a little weedy and rough around the edges, that's what, that's what those partridge really liked. Yeah, definitely interesting and a lot of levers to pull there to kind of figure that one out. Wrapping up here with Jesse Kohler of the North Dakota Game and Fish Department. He is the Upland Game Management Supervisor. Uh, Let's look to the near term as we wrap things up. What can folks expect with this weekend's opener and the season heading out for grouse and partridge to start things off? Well, interestingly, we're going to get a change in temperature, so it looks like things will be a little bit cooler and a lot lot nicer for, for folks walking out there this weekend. Definitely better than the mid-90 degree dove opener, so it'll be better conditions for the dogs and for walking. Um, I think the I think the best thing to key in on early season is going to be thinking about water, and and as we get drier this fall, uh, not just where water and riparian areas are now, but imagine where those riparian areas and moist areas were in August. Um, That's where most of the the hens are taking their chicks to find insects. So look for those areas, and, and they should be someplace near there. Awesome. Well, we appreciate your insight on that and into the habitat that sustains our upland birds. And most importantly, Jesse, thank you for being on the show today. Yeah, absolutely. No problem. So some excellent information there from Jesse Kohler with the North Dakota Game and Fish Department, keeping you in the know for those sharp-tailed grouse, those Hungarian partridge, and all sorts of great small game opportunities we have there in North Dakota, wherever you might be listening to our outdoors. I hope you're getting out there, hope you're having fun, and I hope, most importantly, you are finding some birds and taking kids with you. And if you do, I'll see you in our outdoors.